0: Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. My name is Zach Faulkner-Barfield. I am the co-founder and first gentleman here at The Perfect Gentleman. And by
1: my side is... James Marwood. Great to be back for another episode. Sir. Oh, it's lovely to have you back, sir.
0: Thank so you. our first two episodes out of the way, we're getting into a little roll now, James.
1: We are. It feels like we're building a rhythm. This is
0: great. So it's a long, a long episode today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we should crack on because we've got lots to talk about. So our friend Rory, Rory Bolger, is going to talk to us... In our Managed Gentleman section, because good manners are important. Indeed. And he's going to talk about the art of the thank you note.
2: Greetings, and welcome from The Perfect Gentleman. My name is Rory Bulger. I am the second gentleman and etiquette and fine dining expert here. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the art of the thank you note. The thank you note, as a written letter, has been going out of fashion but it is still very important for any modern gentleman being ever gracious to express proper thanks on those occasions when you receive a present or you've stayed over at somebody's house and had a particularly good time or someone's gone above and beyond in offering assistance to you in a project that you are doing a special piece of work or maybe planning for an anniversary or a party As I said, it's really important to express that thanks properly, and nothing says it more than a handwritten letter delivered through the post. It's very unusual nowadays to receive anything through the post that's not either ordered by yourself or a bill of some description. So having something different come through the post is a special joy. Taking that time to write it out by hand is really important as it shows that extra thought and consideration, that extra effort that you've put in to really express those feelings that you have towards that person. Of course, it takes a couple of days for anything to be delivered by mail. So it's really important that you send that thank you note out as quickly as possible. Two to three days is okay on a regular basis. They say for a wedding that up to three months is acceptable, allowing for a certain amount of time when you're away on your honeymoon. The standard format for a thank you note is to greet the person and then express thanks. The next thing to do is to personalise the letter by mentioning the present that they've received that they sent you or the help that they've offered specifically in the letter, making sure to say how it's useful to you or how it was useful to you or how the present fits. Close by saying thanks once again and wishing a fond farewell. If you've received a gift that maybe isn't your liking or isn't necessarily suitable to you, expressing that in a thank you note is not acceptable. It should be purely an expression of thanks for the effort that they've made and the present that they've given you. Of course in today's modern society it might be that you send a couple of tweets or emails to the person that you wish to thank by letter a couple of times a day and therefore it would be unusual to not acknowledge the gift that they've given you. A simple text Thank you very much for your present, can't wait to open it, would allow them to put their mind at ease that the present has uh, been received by you and give a nod of thanks before they receive your your more formal letter. As always, you can find more details on our website www.theperfectgentleman.tv or through our online magazine, The Perfect Gentleman Magazine.
0: Well, thank you, Rory. That was uh, fantastic. I um, I love writing thank you notes. Um, the only problem with my thank you notes is my handwriting is that of a drunken squirrel mated with a drunken spider, and therefore no one could read them. So uh, I have to be careful with my thank you notes.
1: How about you, James? I, I have probably good enough handwriting to be a doctor, as I've been, I've been told. Um. But it, it is something I work on. And I, I do enjoy sending them. and love receiving thank you notes. And it, it doesn't have to be too posh. It just has to be from the heart. No, absolutely. And, and it, it's a great art and a lost art. And we should, uh, we should write more
0: thank you notes. Indeed. Our partners, Hawes and Curtis, are a British brand with more than 100 years of heritage and tailoring. In 1913, Ralph Hawes and George Frederick Curtis opened their first store in London's Piccadilly Arcade at the corner of German Street, renowned for its resident shirt makers. From the beginning, Hawes and Curtis attracted famous clientele, including the Duke of Windsor, Cary Grant and Fred Astaire. Dapper gentlemen all. As a result of Hawes & Curtis's commitment to impeccable service and product excellence, the brand has been awarded four royal warrants. Today, Hawes & Curtis offers extensive menswear and womenswear collections, providing customers with complete looks for a whole variety of occasions. Please head over to their website,
1: www.hawesandcurtis.co.uk. So where are we moving on to now then, Zach? What's our, what's our next well, bit? Well,
0: you know, rounding out the gentleman is a tough act, but most of our life is spent at work. So I think we need some business gentleman tips, James. Sure,
1: let's talk about those.
0: So I think uh, let's start at the very beginning. First day top tips.
1: Do you remember your first day
0: at school or work, James?
1: Well, because of the nature of the work I do, i a consultant, I go into lots of companies. I have a lot of first days. So I have my first day with new clients, so first day with new offices, and I probably have about five or six a year. I've made some horrendous mistakes doing some of these and I've fallen flat on my face many times, but now I've got some, some ways that, that work for me. How about you, Zach? I changed school a lot when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, not so fond memories of uh,
0: first days at different schools. Um, but uh, like you, I've, I've done many different things in my life, and uh, so lots of first days. I'm actually, I've only ever worked at one office, though, so I'm a little, uh, oh, so a little, okay. little different for me. But I've been into offices. I've been, mm-hmm. as you have, consulting in different places, and I, and I teach uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. there's always meeting new people getting involved in a new place and Mm -hmm. culture so um there's always some top
1: tips to pick up if i start off with the first the first tip and it's it's a really obvious one um hopefully this shouldn't need reminding but just first be on time (laughs) yes be be probably slightly early Get, especially if it's a place you've not been to before. And I recommend for a new job often doing a trial run or seeing how long it'll take you. Um, but how long it takes you on a Saturday afternoon for a trial run is probably a bit different to how long it'll take you on Monday morning in rush hour. So leave plenty of time, get there in good time, so be calm and collected in reception, ready to work at whatever the stated start time is. I would even say get there a little bit earlier and, and sneak off around the corner and have a cup of coffee. Yes, yes. I think that's, that's, that's that's a trick I often do. Um, you know, getting get you don't want to be there too early, you don't want to be sitting there, you know, sort of half an hour, forty five minutes before you're due to start, sitting in reception looking like a like a sore thumb. But likewise, if you're if you're rushing in and you're stressed and you're and you're and you're in a rush, you're out of bed, your your hair and your ties are all a bit askew, just take five, ten minutes, chill out, have a coffee, have a walk around the block, whatever it is you need to do, and then yeah, you can turn up to work then, ready to work and looking calm and collected. Oh,
0: absolutely. I think turning up on time is important. As a, a, a military friend of mine says, you, um, you're taught to turn up 50 minutes early for everything, but they're always taught to be 50 minutes earlier than the 50 minutes. So they're always <laughs> half an hour early to everything because that's, that's the military way. <laughs> yep. First day top tip, let's start with be on time.
1: And do, do you have a second tip for us?
0: I sorry? do. I do. Dress to impress. We talked a little bit about in yes. week one about uh, fashion versus style. But the first thing is dress to impress. You're making a, gr- a first impression with so many people that day. Indeed. You only have one opportunity to make a first impression. Absolutely. And, and I will, will go into this in a, another podcast, I'm sure, much later. But the thing is you have one-tenth of a second to make
1: a first impression just that split second it's dressing in a way that is appropriate for the place you're going to i've worked in companies where the dress code is very formal in banks for example where it's dark suit light shirt sober tie and i've also worked in companies where suits are unusual and actually it's it's jeans and polo shirts I still think it's best to err on the side of, of formality, especially for your first date. But if you turn up looking completely out of place, that doesn't give a hugely great impression. So turn up looking good, being being shined, being clean, being, being, being well-presented, well-groomed, but also where you've done a little bit of research about, about, about what the company you're going to expects.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think you, you've got to dress... To fit the way you're going, but also
1: dress the best way. Absolutely, and if you're a little bit dubious, or on the side of formality, yeah, I would always say you can always take off a tie. Yes, indeed, indeed. But if you're the if you're the one person who turned up to the office without a tie, you're going to be stuck. Exactly. So, what's your your next top tip, James? Okay, my next one is is a little bit um, a little bit unusual, but I've I've learned this one through painful experience, and that is when you're going for your first day in a new office take some cash with you and have some change. Because quite so, some offices, when you come to, to break for for, for coffee or for, or for lunch, it'll be laid on. In some, you'll have to use a, a, a key system where you charge money onto a key and then and then use that in the, in the company facilities. In others, you'll be going out for, for lunch. And hopefully, you'll have someone showing you where to go. And if you've got to hold them up for 15 minutes or 10 minutes while you you go to the cash point, or even worse, if all you've brought with you is a, is a, a, a £20 note or a $50 note and you're, and you're going to pay for a coffee with that in the, in the long, busy queue in the canteen, it's going to give a, a negative impression. So have a little bit of change, make sure you have some cash with you, just makes that first day that little bit more smooth.
0: I agree with that. In our yeah. days of, of no cash, a little bit of cash actually
1: is a good thing to have in your back pocket. It is. It is. Don't have to, don't have to be a lot. You don't have to carry a, a, big, a big roll around with you, but just enough to cover, you know, a, a drink and a sandwich from, from a coffee shop or, or a couple of coffees at, at break time, something like that. Absolutely. Do you have another tip for us, Zach?
0: I do. James, be nice. Yes. To everyone.
1: Absolutely.
0: I cannot emphasise this enough. Uh, it's one of the things that I learned a through experience myself. Be nice to everyone, and that means from the reception desk. When you first greet them, to the canteen staff, to the janitors, to the secretaries, everyone you encounter from start to finish, and not only on day one but certainly on day one, be nice, say hello,
1: greet them, ask their name, engage with them in conversation. Absolutely, and this has two, I think, very practical um, purposes. Other than the fact that it's 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 nice to be nice, it's it's a good decent thing to do in of itself, but. I know of several cases where somebody has, especially when they're on site for an interview or as, as consultants who come in to do, some, to do some work, have managed to offend a security guard or a receptionist or somebody's uh, PA or secretary and nothing will cut short an engagement or limit your, your chance of being called back for another piece of work faster and getting a reputation of being unpleasant and rude to somebody who everyone likes. Also,
0: on your first day, you never know who the centrifugal force of a company is. Absolutely. As you and I both well know, James, there is always one or two people in a company that run that company in the social sense, that everyone talks to, is the centre of the information superhighway of the gossip chain. And if you're nice to everyone, they'll hear about it
1: and then another and, and the practical part of that is there will come times when you need to ask for favors maybe you need to to get a meeting room or you need to to get a parking space or you need to to get directions somewhere and the people who will make that or break that are the receptionists the security guards the the janitorial staff the the cleaners all of those guys if you're looking for, 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 say, for example, you're going to be giving a, a, a presentation, something I do normally towards the end of an engagement, I have to give a presentation to, to, to board members and senior managers and people like that. And it's really important to me that I get a good room, that it's laid out well, that the equipment works properly. I've seen this done where somebody has upset the reception staff and all of a sudden the, the whiteboard that you've got to present on is the one with the wonky leg or you've got the pens that don't work very well could all have been avoided just by being polite and being nice. Yeah, start as you mean to go on.
0: We always say be nice to everyone, but especially on the first day. Indeed. Do you have another top tip for
1: us, James? This is my last, my last tip, but it's, it's to remember names. And this is something I, I'm not naturally good at this. It's a, it's a learned skill. I remember meeting, for the, for the first time, I met a, a chap who had a, a company that had many wine bars in London, about, about just not so wine bars and, 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 and pubs around London. And I was introduced to him very briefly. I was coming in to see one of his, one of his colleagues, and this chap was the chief executive, and introduced to me. And I, me- I met him about three months later, and he remembered my name. And I was so blown away at, at, the, at the care he'd taken and it, and it, the fact that he remembered my name and he remembered you know, the company I'd come from, that I was a fan of his straight away. And people like to be called by their names. If you can't remember somebody's name, make note of it and then refer back to it later.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with this. Uh, there's a great anecdote about um, former President Bill Clinton um, when he was on the governor ca- campaign trail around... Um, Arkansas. Arkansas. Thank you very much. Sorry, Mike. This, this, his state eluded me for a second no when he was around Arkansas. And the thing is he went campaigning and uh, went first time he went around campaigning, went to this small city that he was campaigning in, met a number of people, mm-hmm. uh, came back four years later, was running around on his own. There was no aides present and remembered all the people's names who he'd met four years ago. That's amazing. But they say that that's one of the great th- skills about Bill Clinton is he will remember. He will um, remember your name and key elements about you. And as you say, it is a learned skill. I'm, I'm guilty that I meet a, lo- a lot of people, a huge amount of people on a weekly basis and trying to remember everyone's names is very difficult. There are tricks to do it. Um, about repeating their name, yes. Remembering where you met them and in what context with their name, and also uh, putting them in in a, a framework. So you know, if you meet James James Marwood, he's a consultant. So he's James Marwood, the consultant. Okay, your brain will start to make those patterns and links together.
1: And that's, that, that's just, just, just ways of remembering. I've been advised before to uh, to say someone's name a couple of times in my breath or to repeat it in, internally. Um, but for me, what works is I, I write it down. I have a terrible memory. If I don't write things down, I, I forget them. And so I tend to, as I'm being introduced to people, you know, maybe I'm, I'm being introduced to some guys in office, when I sit down... I'll just jot those names down. Normally what I do is I draw just a rough sketch of the desk shape and I just put the names on that so I can refer to, okay, that's that's John, that's Susan, that's Carolyn. And I can remember who all these people are. And then when someone says to me, I was talking to, to John yesterday, I have a face, I have a location and I have a name. I can put those three things together and remember who it is I'm talking about. Great tip.
0: So Did you have something for us
1: then, Zach? Well, just to wrap it up.
0: Just the first day top tips. At the end of the day, we've talked about being nice. Say goodbye to everyone on your way out. I know it seems really silly, but people, we talk about this quite a bit, and you'll hear us repeat this over and over again, probably over <laughs> months to come. People remember how you make them feel. Indeed. More than anything else. So if you've taken the kindness and consideration to say goodbye to all the people that you've met during the day, all the staff, if they're still there when you leave... It just makes a good impression. It's, not, it's one step above being nice. It's that, you know, just taking a little moment of your time. Don't rush out the door to try and make the train. You know, just have that little bit of, oh, it was lovely to meet you today. Thank you very much for taking me for lunch or showing me where the, the, the restrooms were or whatever it is. Yes. Just that little bit of, of saying goodbye and wrapping up your day before you rush off home to uh, breathe a sigh of relief that your first day is done great advice uh there's some more top tips in our in the article in the magazine we can follow up with them and i'm sure we'll look forward to your top tips as well maybe you could drop us a line at inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or catch up with us on social media on facebook on twitter on instagram at the p gentlemen our wonderful partners the cravat club provide luxury silk cravats scarves and pocket squares designed and handcrafted in England. So compliment your style with a touch of sartorial elegance with these 100% silk cravats, scarves, and pocket squares, which are an ideal addition to evening or daywear for a sharp and refined look for the distinguished gentleman. Head on over to their website, www.cravat-club.com to grab yours now.
1: So what's next, James? Are we heading off to an interview? I think, yes, I, I think we have the second part of the interview we had uh, two weeks ago. So uh, let's crack on
0: and, and head over to uh, our first Gentleman Talks interview. You've been married a very long time. Yes. To, to a man you met in your, in your pram. Yes. How did that come about? How did he woo you? Because I, I would imagine that you're quite um, a challenging White lady, <laughs> <a little. laughs>
3: you. are absolutely right. I am challenging, and um, in a good way. I yes.
0: think I think it'd be fun, but I think, and you've been married a very a uh, long time, so I want to yes. talk to you about how he did that, how he wooed you, yes, and also how to sustain such a long and fabulous romance.
3: Yes. Well, I'm not sure it's romance. Um, well, actually but yes relationship so we've been married for 35 years and uh, thank you very much um, now my husband is not a romantic is he not no but I think I might run screaming if somebody did keep presenting me with flowers and poetry uh, really? yes occasionally though um, would it be nice occasionally well it hasn't happened in 35 years <laughs> he's once no twice given me flowers in 35 <laughs> years the first time he cut the heads off the roses within an hour and used them to decorate A salmon that was going out to a catering job (laughs) and the second time the flowers died quite quickly and he was thrilled because he got his money back so he doesn't really do that that's not his style and um so how how did he woo you then how um, how did he uh, yes so the first date um i was to go up to his house and he lived in a gorgeous house actually and uh, i got out of the car and i was quite nicely dressed and he announced that we were going potato digging Uh, He'd got some welly boots for me, and we went and dug up potatoes. So, (laughs) it was kind of the opposite of the traditional wooing. Um, And I I kind of liked that. In fact, when I was taken up to his house when I was 16, and the mothers were plotting to get us together, and his mother said, "Uh, Roger, would you show Jane round the gardens? And he went, mm, no. And that made me go, so he's always been a little bit like that.
0: Uh, so how did the second date go? I'm, I'm now intrigued. How did the second date go? <laughs>
3: the second date, he took me to a restaurant in London. And honestly, up to that point, I wasn't allowed out till. Um, I had to be home before nine o'clock at night. I, honestly, my you parents were very draconian. Yes, they were
0: very Victorian. Yes,
3: I think they saw I was a while and That was their way of handling it. And uh, when Roger asked to, to take me to the Hard Rock Cafe in London, my father um, gave him five pounds and said... Um, Midnight, any time, any time, come home. Uh, it was like completely new rules. And after the one time out in the restaurant with him, I came and I, I went, yes, all right. You can buy the hat and the gloves. And...
0: Really, you knew then? I knew then. What What made you know? I was I'm intrigued by
3: We could be silent together.
0: That's very true. I like that.
3: We We didn't have to fill the space. He didn't try. You know, he just was who he is. And... It was comfortable.
0: That's cool. I do like that. I think that's very true. I think that's very um, uh, un-talked about in a weird way. Yes. Uh, Aspect of relationships. Ah. I think it is the ability to sit there quietly with your partner and just be and know that they're there and know that their presence is there, even if they're not directly
3: next to you. Yes. But they're there. Yeah. No, we just didn't have to work on it in any way, but. He does have lapses. He's had quite a famous one recently because I put it on Facebook. So for our 35th wedding anniversary, I said to him, look, I don't want bling. I mean, I wouldn't get it anyway, but I don't want bling. (laughs) Um, I want to go and see Barbara Streisand sing at the O2 and she's coming over. He went, really? I went, honestly, that's what I'd absolutely love as the Prezi for our 35th. He said, Barbara? And I went, yes, really. I never thought I'd, I'd get to hear her sing live. That would be fantastic. Anyway, he put it off, he put it off. I said, every day this is put off, the tickets are getting more and more expensive. So finally, yeah. <sighs> he sighed and he went through to the computer and then he shouted out... But cheapest for 120 pounds I went well because you've missed the cheaper ones by delaying anyway uh, he was moaning that they're up in the nosebleed seat, seats right at the top of the O2 and I go well we should have done it you know anyway he came in with a piece of paper the printout and he went happy anniversary so I went oh thank you thank you so I looked at the paper and I went oh uh, what have you done what do you think you've done
0: Go on, tell me. I'm I'm baffled because this looks very bad at this moment.
3: He had booked one ticket for me to go. (laughs) Classic. I said, but it's for our anniversary. He went, but the thing is, my lawnmower's playing up, and I think I'd rather put the money towards a new lawnmower. But it's for our anniversary. He went, I'm going to take you to the station. Don't worry.
0: Uh, 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 the gentleman me is, 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 the romantic gentleman is is uh, apoplectic. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I wouldn't know what to do. I know. Yeah. Uh, so in hmm. the end, I rang up the O2 because a friend said, look, you can't go on your own. I'll, I'll come with you. I'll, I'll pay for a ticket. So I rang them up and uh, I said, look, um, I wonder if you can help. Turns out I've married a Muppet. And I told them the story. Anyway, they couldn't get me a seat next to mine, but they moved me much further forward with my friend's That was fantastic. However, the sting in the tail was that I suddenly got called on business to Dubai, only coming back on the day of the concert. And it was touch and go, but then the plane got delayed. So I'm in Dubai calculating, am I going to make it, am I not? And so it was really close. And so the plan B was for my husband to go with this friend to see Barbara. (laughs) And I was going to miss it completely. Anyway, I made it with 25 minutes to spare to the um, ocean.
0: So you got to see Babs on stage? Yes,
3: I did. How was it? Lovely. Yeah. Yes, lovely. And she still got it. She still got it. Yes, and her son sang, and he was fabulous. Awesome. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Otherwise, You see, otherwise, the appointment would be,
0: darling, I have to go to Vegas to see her now. <laughs> Slightly more expensive trip. <laughs> more than a
3: lawnmower. Exactly.
0: Totally more than a lawnmower. Yes. Bye. And I'll go on my own to that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're encouraging l- me to be naughty.
0: No, no, never, never, never. I wouldn't do such a thing. That would mm. be far too ungentlemanly. <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned it yes. and I'm going to come back to it go on you did karate yes sir you got your black belt yes sir us 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 sir <laughs> hi sensei um, uh, why did you start karate number one
3: right I was um, I was in slimming world Okay. But I was in the worst version of it ever. It was something out of um, that TV program with the two guys. Or anyway, uh, the funny one. Uh, it was like, you know, you can eat dust. It was, it was oh, a yeah. really bad one. And next door, Aikido was going on. And I said to my friend, I think I'd lose a lot more weight going there than this. This is mm. uh, So at the end of it, I, I went in. I went, do you like them fat and 40? And they said, yes. We love them like that! Uh, Can you do a somersault? I went, I've no idea. Uh, So I had a rough go and I did Aikido for the next five years. And then that closed down, the the, the hall got locked down, Uh, so I joined um, a fight club. But we don't talk about Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. But I ended up in hospital twice from Fight Club. And my husband said, if you're going to do these stupid things, could you go to a proper club that has, you know, a first aid kit and insurance and all of that? So that's what I did. And in my ignorance, I had no idea that there were different types of karate um, and I joined the one that was full on contact knockdown, Kyokushinkai. I had no idea there were different sorts. And so I was in, and then it became like, wow, I'm close now. Shall I? Shall... Every year that went past, it was getting more and more difficult. And I just knew if I delayed it any longer. So I, I took my black belt at 52, which is pushing it, I have to it say. Is pretty, for, yes. for, for
0: full contact karate years? Yes. Uh, Chuck, Norris, <laughs> Chuck Norris would be amazingly proud of you. <laughs> That's what I say. Chuck Norris will be amazingly proud of you. Thank you. uh, I love Aikido. I I, I find Aikido one of the nicest martial arts. It's a very. uh, I I can see why you didn't like it because you'd like the full context of it. But it's it's all about movement (laughs) and grace. We have a lot in common. uh, We do have a lot in common. That's why when I said there's a lot to talk to you about. Yes. (laughs) I'm a big fan of martial arts. I I practiced for many years. Right. uh, um, uh, And uh, it was uh, originally because of my asthma and I was. uh, was a way to control my breathing. Ah. So that's when I started. Very good. Many, many, many moves. Yes. There. But it's a very good thing. And so do you still practice?
3: Actually, I stopped. Oh, I know. On, I think you. there's a fatwa out against me now. My uh, my sensei was not well impressed with that. Um, but I, I did So It was taking me too long to heal. I have to say <laughs> Yeah, there's when I'm 20, it might be different, but yes. I, 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 tai Chi. Yes, maybe I tried it. It was so slow.
0: If you're not got yeah, oh, you see you should get. There's a fantastic. Um, there's a fantastic. There's a very good friend of mine who runs a website, and it's called World of Martial Arts, and he basically has all different the World of martial arts, every, all right. sorts, everything, um, and he practices sort of old school Tai Chi, but. Proper fast Tai Chi, ah. so it's not the yes. But they, the reason one that I've what I discovered is because originally Tai Chi was fast; it moved quite right. rapidly, and then they slowed it down so you could get all the movements correct.
3: Oh. And then that stuck,
0: and that's the one we will see everyone practicing. But if you speed it up, okay. Well, so uh, I, I would go we, we should go do Tai Chi here. shall I we have, try it shall we try that there okay. we go <laughs> I can see a photo of us <laughs> doing Tai Chi somewhere with Fantastic. cream tea and it, uh, me in suits and you with surrounded by cream teas it would yes. be perfect yes. I can tai see a photo scones. opportunity <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to ask now you mentioned yes. it
3: scone or scone well it has to be scone why because when we first started we could only deliver our hamper boxes to a scone zone And you can't have a scones on. And we currently have the scone phone, which is, you know, the designated scone phone. You can't have a scone phone. And we have scone gnomes. But I have to confess, the Queen says scone. But what do you say when before this? I say scone, and the Cornish people say scone. So I say Her Majesty is actually incorrect.
0: I've got (laughs) I, I totally, I, I'd say scone as well so do you? I, yeah we had this debate before you yes. came on we had this debate with scone or scone yes, or scone?
3: scone, cream jam, I'm, I'm asked it all the time. I, yes. I bet you are I bet you yes. are
0: and, and, and bizarrely I, I we now so I'll talk a little bit about the English cream tea. Company. Yes. You t- said why you uh, came up with it yeah which I think is a fantastic thing I really do I think it's absolutely brilliant um, I think English cream tea is, is a is an under afternoon tea is an underrated oh. meal It's one of the best. It's our best
3: British tradition.
0: It is a fantastic British tradition. We should do more of it. Yes. Uh, It's become an amazing success for you. Yes. (laughs) And I know it came from uh, this random conversation. It's very recent and it's growing rapidly. Yes. It's sort of taking over your life.
3: Uh, Indeed it has, yes.
0: when you, uh, as a fellow entrepreneur, You're
3: right. you have these ideas yes. and you think,
0: I'll give it a go and you know, I'll maybe see what happens and, and then suddenly everyone goes, oh, it's really good, it's really good. Do you sit there internally and sometimes go, oh my God, I really am a little bit nervous about this? Uh, and
3: I'm, yes, I'm in a juggernaut that's careering out of control and I haven't managed to hold the wheel yet yeah. and every week something new is propelling the juggernaut faster. So I'm in a world where I'm constantly going, really? And you want to do it, really? I spend most of my time reacting. Um, I'm not even really getting the chance to be proactive with the business. I'm having to be reactive because it's moving so fast. And as an entrepreneur, isn't that weird? Yes. Because usually you're fighting. Yes. Plus, I promised my husband it would be a nice little sideline.
2: <laughs> it wouldn't
3: affect what we do. No, it'll be fine. We'll just do it on Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Yeah. Yes. On the first day of launch, I got inquiries from five different countries. I, I, don't, I don't doubt it. I really don't doubt it. I just hadn't anticipated any of that side of it. Why not? Why did you not anticipate it? Um, I was just thinking about solving the need for this elderly lady, really, and working on the logistics of how you move um, fresh cream and fresh sandwiches and food around the country uh, and not letting it go blue and furry before it gets there. Mm. So I was resolving all those issues, and it was really interesting. And by the way, one of the people I contacted was a company that moves human organs around the country because they've solved the problem of moving stuff speedily and chilled.
0: Uh, would you like a heart or a scone? Yeah, we don't
3: ever get muddled.
0: <laughs> you get the gist, yes. Here you go. <laughs> um, it's still beating. <laughs> so
3: Wrong. I was working on just resolving that, and I thought people would be ordering these things for themselves predominantly. We do picnics and we do afternoon tea. And I thought, well, you know, people going to proms in the park and escort and things. And they do order them for themselves, but actually 93% or something, they're gifts. Um. And... Um, okay, yes, and a massive amount of inquiries come from abroad. <gasps> so now I've been filmed by Taiwan and Russia and all sorts. And the thing they're asking about is what's the proper way to eat your afternoon tea? We're going to come on, we're not going to do that today. No,
0: I, no, no I, w- I want to get you back and we're going to oh, go all right, somewhere. We will do, shall we? And we'll go somewhere and we'll have proper <laughs> afternoon tea. Well, a very good friend of ours uh, is, works at the Manuel Catalyst Season. Oh, so yes. So I thought. Perhaps, if you're more than willing.
3: Oh, I'll check my diary. You sure? Yes, I'll we see We could what go I can there, do. go
0: see our lovely friend Rory. Shall we do that? And go have afternoon tea and get it filmed and <laughs> okay. do a proper how we should eat All afternoon tea. Right. Would you like that? I'd be up for that. That's good. I like that too. <laughs> um,
3: I'm
0: nice. Uh, and so, we're coming towards the end of the interview. Yes. Um, we share, as you said, we share a lot in common. One of the other things we share um, is my mission is the perfect gentleman. Ah. Uh. And part of the perfect gentleman, because I read all your stuff about manners and etiquette yes. and communication, part of the perfect gentleman is that that 's one of our uh, core principles yes. is to be is to make people better mannered and the fundamental we call it the basics is respect it 's respecting yes. everyone, respecting people 's time, respecting yes. people 's uh, integrity and honesty and all that sort of stuff um, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier about the world and their view of manners now yeah what do you think? we could change to make the world more mannered?
3: I think we'd have to go back to the schools, we'd have to start young, and um, trustworthiness, integrity, do as you say you will, all those things, um, culpability, Um, I think those are absolutely the fundamentals, because if you can't trust what somebody says, then you have no basis for a relationship. Uh, so if that could be really encouraged and praised i'm all for praise (laughs) yeah yeah. um and instilled in a way um so that would uh, entail sorting out the bullying and things because that's got to go as well but yes i think that's the most important thing i did actually a survey on facebook and i got 60 people responding and what are the traits you most want to see in people you work with or you do business with, honesty was Mm. the number one trait. And out of all the traits people put, nobody put, or cheaper, you know, faster, nobody put that. It was all about, oh, let me trust in what you say and do, please. Mm. And so, yes, if we could only get that back, um, that we could really um, believe in what people say and it'll come true. That's a marvellous thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's very true. I think that's very true. I think we, we, we're we sitting here overlooking the great city. World. Yes. And, um, you know, the city was founded originally on trust. It was the handshake deal. You would oh. do things on basis of trust and honesty. Yes. And, you know, and the last few, the last couple of decades, and especially the last four or five years, that's gone away. And because of that, we've had financial turmoil you know there isn't there isn't people in, in business that you trust politicians you certainly don't don't believe yep. there's no honesty in their words no. we talk a lot about you know integrity and honesty and living your brand walking the walk yes walking the walk yes. as a gentleman you've always got to walk the walk you don't have to wear a three-piece suit or a suit to be a gentleman it's about being you and being honest a bit yes um and I think that's kind of interesting. I think it's very interesting you say that because I think that's very true. I think that's one of the key fundamental points for life. Not just gentlemen, just yes. anyone. Yes. Just to be that way.
3: Yes. And and we were saying about Canada, it sometimes we do a double take as is this for real? Is this kindness genuine? Is there going to be a sting in the tail? And then there isn't. And it's like, no, this this is how it's meant to be. And we can do it here beautifully, but we not consistently.
0: Uh, yeah, join us with our, with our mission, put the flag in. I would in. love
3: to, because I wholeheartedly believe in it, yes.
0: Thank you very much. Jane, thank you. Oh. Um, we're now going to go on to our questions. Right. So we end our Gentleman Talks interview, as we always do, with a homage to James Lipton and Inside the Actor Studio, and we have our 10 gentlemanly questions. Well, in this case, our 10 lady questions. Oh, so, huh? Jane. Yes? What makes or embodies a gentleman for you?
3: Ah, well, we're kind of back to honesty and integrity. Those are very important traits for me. Um, a friend of mine was married to a gambler, and I've found that just an impossible thought. If you couldn't trust what somebody was saying and, you know, their lives were built on a pack of lies, really, uh, that would be a terrible thing. So trust and integrity would be the first um, stepping stones for a gentleman.
0: Excellent. What's the, and we've already had some of this, what's the most romantic thing
3: you've ever experienced? Oh, actually, my answer's a walnut. I might need to clarify that for you. I think, I think he might. <laughs> well, hubby doesn't do flowers, as we said, and he, he doesn't really do buying presents for me at all. Um, he's a Tesco's man because he gets his air miles and he's, you know, very um, dour and logical. However, he gives me the greatest gift that he thinks he can give me at Christmas, which is a £50 note. And this to him is, you know, the highest accolade that can be awarded. But he hides it. I mean, truly hides it, and so every year he plans and schemes where this thing's going to be hidden, and it's a palaver to find it, but it's become the ritual. And so I buy some bits and bobs for my Christmas stocking uh, because I still want a Christmas stocking because I'm only six years old. You understand? And uh, so over December, I give him, you know, some carrier bags of, you know, a CD and some makeup and, you know, bits like that. And so somewhere in my Christmas stocking, this is hidden. I'll give you some examples. So there was the year it was inside a perfectly sealed walnut whip And he had opened up the packaging, taken it out, uh, drilled a hole into the bottom of the walnut whip, sucked out the mallow, I was robbed, Um, cling filmed and ironed the uh, money, put it inside, melted the chocolate, sealed the bottom of the walnut whip, and got it back in the packaging with no evidence whatsoever of it being tampered with. So that gives you an example. It's been inside a Kit Kat under the chocolate. It's been in a satsuma in a banana and so on and Mate. my yeah. amazing <laughs> i know and my favorite because it must i've gone i had gone through everything in my christmas stocking to the extent i was ruining it i was squishing you know oil of olay out of a bottle to see if it was in there and i was biting into biscuits to see if it, you know what and anyway it was inside an intact walnut
0: I, that's ingenious. Yes. I like it. I and like so it.
3: it's romance by stealth.
0: Romance by stealth. I like it. romance by stealth. Yes. Good. So we've probably touched on this, but I'll ask anyway. If you could bring one gentlemanly trait into business, what would it be?
3: <sighs> Kindness.
0: What element of grooming is most important for a gentleman?
3: <laughs> um, grooming. Well, I do like a dapper gentleman, I have to say. And I'm rather fond of braces. Excellent. Could we bring back braces? We,
0: we, we, we're starting slowly. I'm, I'm starting with a cravat. Oh,
3: braces. all right. My like
0: cravat. Yes. Braces, Nick is a big fan of. Them.
3: But actually, uh, apart from that, a gentleman has to smell nice.
0: Very good. Very good. Name an iconic gentleman
3: for you. I think it might have to be Piers. Chris Brosnan? Yes. A very nice gentleman. <laughs> what item do you most like to see a gentleman wear? Oh, I've already said braces. I'm quite fond of braces. OK. Um, like nice shoes as well. Um, but really, if I'm going to be, you know, a bit sardonic, a smile.
0: Well, I like the braces. Well, you, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why should there be more gentlemen in the world?
3: Well, that comes back to honesty, trust, integrity, and all the good things. Because from that, you get a society that works. It's when those bits slip that it's a downward spiral. Oh, absolutely. What key What key skill should every young gentleman be taught? They should be taught how to eat properly.
0: Oh, I like that. That's great.
3: Yes. Uh,
0: why should a gentleman never... What, sorry, what should a gentleman never be without?
3: <gasps> okay um i would like to say a smile again um i would probably lean more towards confidence though a positive confidence not an arrogant confidence
0: with your there. yes and finally yes finish this sentence Uh oh a gentleman should always
3: oh a gentleman should always leave the lady wanting a little more
0: i hope i've left you wanting a little more (gasps) for sure thank you very much indeed for your time (laughs) jane a great pleasure
3: oh thank you
0: thank you our wonderful partners the english cream tea company deliver a fresh take on tradition the english cream tea company offers quintessentially british gifts choose from the freshly prepared afternoon tea hampers to be hand delivered right to your door throughout mainland uk or select from a range of gift vouchers There are also postable gifts of award-winning chocolate brownies tea delicious shortbread and even cheese please tuck tins with delicious cheese scones and chutney after all the perfect gentleman needs to be able to send the perfect gift whether it's to say thank you congratulations or season's greetings and the english cream tea company supplies that complete with your own personalized gift message who do you know who would not love the gift of afternoon tea so go to the englishcreamtea.com for a charming touch of British indulgence.
1: So that was our the second part of that interview. Really interesting. And we're gonna have some more interviews with different people coming on over the, over the next few weeks. Um, so something to look forward to. And then now, Zach, you're gonna to talk to us about the notes, notes from the desk of.
0: Yes, so it's my uh, monthly uh, discussion about what's on my mind, what's percolating in my mind and uh, from the desk of this week and this month, It's kind of about new starts and reinvention. Timely, yep. It is timely. I mean, spring is sprung, or spring is springing, or it should be springing in England. Um, (laughs) Looking out the window, I'm not so sure. Um, But we are all about new starts and reinvention here at The Perfect Gentleman, and we have done many new starts and reinvention at The Perfect Gentleman. When we first started... Uh, all those years ago, three and a half, almost four years ago, mm-hmm. we had a very set idea about what we wanted to do and what we were trying to do, and there was a certain team who were involved, and as over the course of the time, the team has changed, the idea of what we wanted to do has changed, uh, some of the outlets and outreaches has changed. We have reinvented ourselves, um, but the core principles and the core values have still been the same, and I think that's what we and I want to sort of get the message across for this is that no matter how many times you put on or get a new suit of clothes or new start, the core values and the core principles that make you up and make the perfect gentleman up should be the same. Whether you are starting a new job, a new life, a new career, a new relationship, underneath it all, you're the same person. And those values are still the same. And though the priorities of those values may change, your core values are still there and the core values of the perfect gentleman about respect about style about manners about politeness about consideration these are all there where the faces may have changed and the logos may have changed but the color purple is still there <laughs> that's not going away that's not going away we are still the same person underneath no matter whether it's a spring or a fall and we've had some tough times but we get through it. We come through that with those core values and principles in, in a place. So that's my From the Desk of this week. What do you think,
1: James? I agree entirely, Zach. I think it's, it's very, um, you know, who you are and what you care about, that the, the inflection you put on things will change over time and as you, as you grow. But don't be afraid to change how you live your life and how you do things. No, the, the, the 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 first opportunity you have to to change your life for the better is is today, and you can always make that decision. Um, but just be true to, to to what you believe in and what you think, and be you, the you that you want to be, and life will life will improve. There's not there's, there's no reason not to reinvent yourself. Just keep keep true to your core beliefs.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we've tried to do here at the Perth Gentleman, and very much, you know, even though things have changed around us and situations have happened and and life has happened to us on occasion, you know, we've tried the very all the time, and succeeded sometimes, most of the time, to keep to our core values and our core beliefs, you know, and that's why we have lots of friends and and supporters out there who who are still with us. Good stuff. Right, well, that's wrapping it up for the, for the day, James.
1: Another episode done? Another episode done. Wow, we're getting good at this. We're getting almost professional. This is, <laughs> this is great. But I'm starting to really enjoy this, especially the interviews. I think they're a lot of fun.
0: The interviews are fun, and, and, and I like our sort of well-rounded gentlemanly sections that come up. Well,
1: hopefully the, the people listening to this will be of that opinion. But if you are or if you aren't, do get in touch. Let us know. Give us some feedback. If you think there are some topics we should cover, Questions you want to ask, then get in touch. What's the best way to do that, Zach? Drop us an email at
0: inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or across our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find them on www.theperfectgentleman.tv and we are everywhere.
1: Great. Well, lovely to speak to you again, my friend. Uh, a pleasure as always, sir. And uh, next week? Next week, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Thank you. Have a good week. You too, sir. So your point, Zach, about the uh, about being uh, friendly, especially with everyone. As, as a chap, I, I work with a, co- a colleague of mine at one of the one of the, the consultancy companies I, I do work with, who is fantastic at this. He's he's, he's a good consultant. He knows this. He, he knows his stuff inside out. But where he really really shines is in is in building very quickly those those relationships, and. So much of it just comes down to his smile and then listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I was doing some work at quite a a big old company, very traditional company um, in London, and we had a a real um, fire-breathing dragon of of an executive assistant who was our our gateway to everything. And although she was not top of the totem pole, she was the person who really was going to have to say so whether we succeeded or failed. We needed to have one to, and she was a little bit like uh, if you remember in 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 monsters Inc the um oh the the lady yes, asked, yes, yes, yes. The, the 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 lady who wants the paperwork yes. and i 'm watching you, Lebowski, that that kind of guy that, that, that kind of lady, and um everyone was scared of her, and within about two weeks thereabouts of just of just relentless cheerfulness and politeness and night- niceness, he had her on side. <laughs> And um, to the extent where where she was telling other people, aren't they lovely? Oh, that you're going to get those guys in to do this piece of work for you. Great, they're really nice. They're really lovely. They'll do a good job for you. A cheerleader, absolutely. Perfect. Indeed, indeed. And you can't, you, know, you can't buy that. You can't force that. You can't make it happen. You can just build it over time, just by being nice and being polite and being interested in people oh absolutely absolutely i i, I yeah. completely could. There, there's a, a lady
0: when i went to do my mba mm-hmm. this lady who shall remain nameless she is a friend now um and uh i kind of she is the the pivot that makes the uh the school work you know, she's yep. the place. She knows where all the bodies are buried. She knows who to speak to to get <laughs> yes. things done. She knows yep. how to make it all work, and and she's fantastic. And and I saw that, but also I became friends with her, I'm not only just, mm-hmm. I'm just by being me and being nice and polite. And, and she was great and she helped me out no end. Uh, when I had some difficulties with the, with the school, she said, yep. Oh, you do this, you do this, you know, and, and she put in good words with me with certain people and, you know, and uh, just by being nice, taking her for coffee and treating her not like, you know, <clears throat> she's just admin stuff, which yes. so many people yeah. did. And you just kind of think, Oh, you see, the, the people there, you know, mm. are, are it's, that, um, it's that great line by Dale Carnegie. So my mm-hmm. one of my favorite books of all time is how to win Friends and influence people and that great line is everyone's a hero in their own story absolutely and you've got to absolutely, give them yeah. that heroic status
1: yes and and, and and like you say many times you know it's like you know you you, you get attention by paying attention on a, 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 a website on, on on quora and people are asking um, as they often do on there for relationship advice and things <laughs> and there was a, a, a a lady who answers a lot of these questions. And one of the, things, the advice she'd given um, was something her mum had, had, had taught her, which was if you want to get the measure of someone, see how they treat people who they don't need anything from hmm. or people who, they, people who they outrank in, in a social setting, you know that, that, that sort of in inverted commerce. But how are they with the, the guy who opens the door at the hotel? Or how are they with the waiter? How are they with the, with the cleaner? You can see a lot about a person by how they treat people who don't have anything to offer them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and people pick up on that. People, people will, if you, are, if you are fake nice and you know, clearly just doing it to get your way, then um, people will pick up on that. that. That inauthenticity never lasts.
0: So at the end of the day, be nice, James.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll
0: try. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> I'll do try. See you next week, James. Good
1: stuff. Indeed. Take care. Right. Bye-bye.
0: This podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nickel at the Pistachio Palace.